Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Smile and DoorDash. Uh, This is a Christina and Simone extravaganza edition. Brianna is on vacation in Florida. Well earned. I think for her, it is her first vacation uh, since the pandemic started, if I'm not wrong. Um, I believe The one where she was recovering from surgery does not count. Does not. That was recovery. <laughs> uh, I'm Simone de Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here with Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Um, and thank you for uh, agreeing. So just so listeners know, we're recording a little bit earlier in the week. And I say that just because inevitably rocket rules will apply. There will be some sort of breaking news that we will Double not be covering. Rules. Exactly. So, um, but I am a, a anti-Nina um, as as I mentioned last episode, um, my uh, my nephew was born actually, but since the last time we recorded, I guess, um, and so I am with my my family. I'm in Atlanta recording this and taking a break from a uh, from corrupting slash enhancing the life of a nine day old. I briefly mentioned this off air, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again for the listeners. In the one week that this child has been alive, Christina has introduced him to Taylor Swift and all kinds of musicians. And also, he was on Twit this week. So (laughs) if you missed this week's uh, live cast of Twit, go check that out this week in tech. Uh, You might see Christina's nephew. He's there. He's been on Twit. I've been on Twit twice. He's seven days old, eight (laughs) days old, and he's been on Twit once. So I, I don't really know how to feel about that. Also, I mean, I gather the reception to him was great. So people might even like him more than me. So like as your niece, I feel a little bit of jealousy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And look, Aunt Christina is is able to the love goes around. But, you know, I, I have to bring all of my all of my nieces and nephews on my favorite shows and uh oh yeah um, we got you into twit and and you've been great at it and and, and christian was on and now you and i are are doing our thing it's great uh well we have a super fun show for you tonight as always we're gonna update you on the epic versus apple situation as promised uh and talk about our upcoming chipless economy uh followed by a as usual as you can expect from christina and i a pop culture tastic dessert to round out the episode. Uh, but we'll start off. We'll start off a little more serious. So, as you know, if you listened to last week's show, the Epic versus Apple trial is ongoing in California. Uh, the opening was interesting, mostly in that a gamers were causing havoc. B, uh, there was a lot of debate over. Hey, let's define what a game is. Tim Sweeney, can you identify all of these consoles? Uh, and there was a lot of secret documents that ended up getting leaked just by the accident of there being evidence available in the court. Over the weekend, the trial heated up a little bit. Uh, so before all this started, Epic Games brought the indie game store for an itch onto the Epic Game Store. So through the Epic Game Store, you can access itch.io, which is an indie platform that has just all kinds of games, thousands, hundreds of thousands, I think, of games. Yeah. Um, 200,000, I believe. Yeah. 200,000 games. Most notably, uh, or basically Epic did this because they're trying to show like, hey, we can open up our game store. Apple, go ahead and open up your game store. It's going to be fine. So they're kind of using it as a tool in this situation. But things took a turn in court when <sighs> Apple decided to pick up that tool and use it to beat Epic over the head. So in questioning uh in questioning Steve Allison, Epic Games General, Epic Games Store's general manager, Apple's lawyers called out the fact that Itch is a platform unlike Epic and unlike the App Store that has a lot of adult content. It doesn't really it doesn't have those strict content filters that you find on the App Store where certain political topics and sexual topics are completely off limits. Um so uh, da, da, da. they called some of the games, quote unquote, so offensive, we cannot speak about them here. Uh, and reading this, the transcript of this whole conversation is a kind of funny, but also I'm pretty peeved about it, to be honest, because yeah, it's I want to hear, I really, hear about really your peevedness. crappy of them. 
Um, Apple is famously, as we all know, very, very, very strict about what kinds of games, especially going to its app store. They're strict about all of their apps, but they're very, very strict about video games and what content is in a video game, Um, which I think I'm on record as saying that's fine for their platform. But this is a situation where, as Addie Robertson pointed out on The Verge, the mere existence of Itch's adult content is being used as a weapon to suggest that Epic is not doing its due diligence and notably, um, Itch is a sex-positive platform. It's a platform where a lot of LGBTQIA creators publish their games. So yep. the optics of this and the, the reality of this being targeted and, like, spoken about in the court as this, like, place Terrible of, thing. Yeah, this this place of, like, the worst, the scum of the earth, like, this little sex dungeon when it's... Yeah, a, which, <laughs> it's which honestly... Which honestly, who cares? Is it legal? Fine. Like, if we're not talking about illegal content, then who cares? Like, last time I checked, you could view a whole lot of porn and a whole lot of other content in Safari. Yep. (laughs) You know, I think that that is a, that's a great rebuttal to this. I don't know. I'm sure Apple's lawyers would have something to say about that. But for me, it's a great rebuttal. I think the part that is most disappointing for me, I'm sorry to to continue talking after I've just talked a lot. No, please, please, please. I'm peeved. Uh, Steve Allison, who was uh, Epic's person who was being questioned about this, he did not have a great reply to this. It, It sounded like he was not ready for this particular argument to be levied against itch. And he did uh, later in the questioning, come out and say, "Yeah, itch is a great community. We support all our developers." But init- but he also ended that by saying, "I don't support sexual content of any kind." Um, and there seemed to be, from my reading of the transcript, a complete. There was not a lot of comprehension on the part of the judge about what it meant that itch as a storefront was accessible through epic games like this situation situation kept being brought being brought up where they were like so you could go to the epic game store and then go to itch and download all this offensive content onto your device and it's like well it's no it's not that simple it's a store and steve allison did kind of bring this up like yes you, you can go to their platform and then you can sign up and then like create an account with them and purchase content through that platform that has nothing to do with the Epic Games Store. You can't just like go through this portal into the sex dimension and suddenly right. have Sisterly Lust, which is one of the specific games they called out, <sighs> downloaded to your phone. Like that's not what's happening here, but that's what they all made it sound like was happening, which is just right. it's so frustrating. <laughs> No, it, it it honestly it is, and it's also one of those things where yeah, I mean I think that's frustrating. There was also um, an instance today. I don't know if you saw this or not, but today uh, we're recording this on Monday. They were fighting over um, a naked banana in Fortnite. They were fighting over Peely. Christina, I specifically put these tweets in my show document because I wanted to read them, and I was going to read them at the top of this topic as like a funny piece of levity before we got into the part where I was mad, but I forgot. So that means <laughs> we are going to do it. Tweets, please. We're going to do it now. Apple lawyer. We have a large yellow banana here in a tuxedo. Weisinger, who's the epic person. Yes, that's Peely. Apple, light paraphrase. And in the tuxedo, he's known as Agent Peely. Um, and then they go on to say, we thought it was better to go with the suit instead of the naked banana because we are in a federal court right now. <laughs> And then later, uh, Epic, Epic's lawyer is up. Epic lawyer, a little bit of a digression. We talked about Peely, our banana. There might have been an implication that showing Peely without a suit might have been inappropriate. Lawyer shows a picture of naked Peely in a court. Is there anything inappropriate about Peely without clothes? (laughs) And Weisinger replies, it's just a banana, (laughs) ma'am. (laughs) <laughs> uh these are from Addie Robertson's tweets. She's been live tweeting the whole trial. Uh it's a it's a great follow. It it is transcendently weird to read about this stuff being discussed by lawyers. It really is. The fact that Peely, I I really liked Kotaku's um headline, um, which is even Apple knows Fortnite's Peely is a monster. Yes. Uh, um I that uh, that Riley wrote that and he did a great job, and that's so Riley, and that's just 
completely hilarious. Yeah, the the the, the fact that that the judge is then you know bringing this up and he was like, "Is there anything inappropriate about Peely without clothes?" <laughs> no, like this just no, just a banana, ma'am. Uh, just banana ma'am is if that doesn't become a meme like honestly if Fortnite doesn't make that a meme like if they don't make that something like the just a banana dance or something like then they're missing out the um, simple phrase we talked about peely or banana <laughs> it sends me over the moon it's so silly but and this is kind of the the tenor of the the discussion about like itch is kind of similar to this and that like taken out yes. of context it's it sounds so absurd and ridiculous but in this case it's just it, it's also very frustrating well, the stuff is. about and peely's great we should ban him the, i don't want to see no, that banana t- t- anywhere completely ban peely although the i'm well i mean on the one hand yes he's a monster on the other hand i had a, a six or seven foot um stuffed banana in my apartment for many years in college his name was Banana Steve. He was not a sex toy. Oh. Um, he had to have a, a sign that said that, uh, you know, because seven foot stuff banana. I'm glad you thought about all of the opportunities there. I, I mean, I had to. Um, I won him um, playing one of those ring toss games that are total scams at uh, Six Flags. You know how you're supposed to get like a ring like around like a, a milk bottle? Mm-hmm. It's like technically not supposed to be possible. Like it's one of those things where it's it's completely a scam and they take your money. And somehow, like, we got, like, a big bag of rings and somehow, like, a little bit of way, like, through, like, a couple of ring tosses in, I, I like, realized it was, like, oh, no, wait, I know how to do this. Oh. And and I won. And not only did I win that one, but at another time, I actually knocked off the ring that I got it over and got <gasps> another ring on top. So I could have had double, you know, giant bananas, but uh, they would not have fit in the car. I mean, it you barely fit in the car in the first one. place. For that one day, right? Like, I could, I don't think I could ever pull it off again. But uh, it wasn't until I moved to New York that I finally got rid of Banana Steve. And it was very sad to say goodbye to him. But we loved Banana Steve. But uh, so I look at Pelian and I think of my beloved Banana Steve. But I can also say completely cursed. Um, get him out of here. We don't need him. Um, but I'm with you on the itch.io stuff. Like, the itch stuff is is... I don't know. I think it's a really disingenuous argument. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it's kind of punching down. It, and it gets into this weird thing with the trial that has been both uh, on both parts, on both sides. This has been really frustrating where they've been arguing over the semantics about what is a game mm-hmm. and what is like a, a, a purpose, you know, a, a, you know, like a, a a purpose, you know, specific device, you know, to try to to justify like on the the hands of a game is like Apple is like has very weird definitions of what a game is like Roblox isn't a game, but Minecraft is like <sighs> weird stuff like where where, you know, which is how they can explain like why Roblox has certain entitlements and can do certain things that other games can't, even though Roblox is absolutely a game, um, whereas you know, on the Epic side, some of their semantic stuff is that they try to, they're trying to distinguish what makes an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Switch different than an iPhone. And I think that in both of these cases, like, it's just a bunch of lawyering that's just really frustrating. I think we've said this before, like, I'm team no one, um, except I guess team gossip, because we're always team gossip. And the gossip that's come out of this is really good. But I don't like seeing itch dragged into this because they haven't done anything wrong. And, you know, their storefront, like as I said, I don't see how it is in any way different at all from Safari. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not like it is. It is like literally saying. I mean, it, it would be the same sort of thing if Apple were to say. I mean, and Apple has tried to pull this in some cases, and then they've usually kind of backed off. But if you were to say, well, no, you can't download Chrome from the iOS App Store because you could then view. I could you know, purchase things through it. I could download right. porn through it. I could, yeah, exactly. I could do all kinds of things through Chrome. Yeah, and and you know, Apple's fine with with letting you do that or say, oh, well, every purchase that you make through Chrome, we have to get a copy of. And it's like, no, Apple doesn't, you know, surface that stuff. And in fact, in their apps that are you know called like eighteen plus or seventeen plus or whatever, you know, uh, sometimes they take a harder line than others. But in general, it's like they're not looking at what content is in the app. There was a time before Tumblr banned porn where they had certain restrictions and things that Tumblr had to do in their app to make certain um, like uh, keywords not visible and to make other stuff more like clear that, that, you know, you needed to be of a certain age Mm -hmm. to view content, but they weren't 
really trying to crack down even on the content on, on, on Tumblr. Like some people have tried incorrectly to say that the reason that Tumblr got rid of porn was because of the app store. That's not the case. There mm-hmm. were a lot of reasons that went into that. I think that was really just like, you know, Verizon um, or, or whoever owned Tumblr at the time, you know, kind of realized that it was sort of um maybe a liability for them, but it was it Apple didn't have anything to do with it. Apple made them change the app rating to 17 plus and did that hurt, mm-hmm. you know, who could maybe spread like the the mobile spread of, of of Tumblr? Sure, but that's you know not going that's not why they got rid of porn years later, right? Yeah. Um I, the you know what the dirty little secret was is that somebody, Marissa Mayer, when she did her MA of Tumblr, didn't like realize that 60% of, of it was that, right? Yeah. That's what the network was. So I don't know. It just feels disingenuous to go after uh, itch. And and I don't like that. It, yeah, it feels totally disingenuous. And I blame both, you know, Apple's lawyers doing lawyering. But also if this ultimately succeeds as an argument to sway the judge, it's because of, I mean, it's because of the culture that we live in and because of the way that we uh, talk about sex and the way that we talk about queer identity uh, specifically. And also also the way we talk about games, the way that games have been, I mean, for years, going back to, you know, the Mortal Kombat Senate hearings, the yes. way that we've talked about games is, oh, but these are for children. Only, only children m- should be playing these. Oh, no, it has sex in it. This is, that means it's meant for children as a sex game. This is terrible. That's not the case at all. Certainly not in 2021, and it wasn't true in the 90s either. Um, right. I, it's one final note. It's pointless to pick apart every little thing that Steve Allison said wrong, because I'm sure I would also fold under pressure in the face of ap- Apple's terrifying lawyers. However, they, they had this whole exchange where uh, Apple's lawyers were like, so you could go and you're saying it's okay to download these apps onto your phone. And Steve Allison was like, well, I don't know that we'd put them on a phone. And it's like, no, if they're not on a phone, it's because you, because the game wasn't made to run on a phone. Steven, if the developer makes a game for PC and Mac, you're not going to be able to download it, run it on your phone. These aren't just like, I don't know, like, porn videos that you can pop onto itch and download onto your phone immediately it's a game you fool um sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry steven mr allison no no, i mean i I, again like i'm with you like there are a lot of things that he said which were clearly not good he hadn't been prepped on this this was clearly something that um he had no idea his lawyers didn't think to prep him on and on the one hand i guess good on apple for that on the other hand yeah, I mean, this is, I guess, a lesson that if you're going to be, I mean, I, I don't know. It just bothers me. I, I get that Apple has always been a puritanical company. Mm-hmm. I get that. I just wish that that wasn't such a part of this argument. I feel like you can make the arguments. Yeah, you, Apple they didn't wants have to, to make. take this route. But right. they, I mean, saw, like, I they like, saw low-hanging fruit. They saw scaremongering. And they said, okay, but, we'll take it. Totally. But but not only that, I mean, I think not just not just the itch part, but I think like in general, like, I think you could make the same arguments they're making about why th- Epic shouldn't be able to operate their own storefront on your platform without bringing in, oh, you know, without bringing in the puritanical stuff, honestly. Like, I don't yeah. feel like you need to go to that direction. And uh, obviously, because the, the the fact of the matter is, and I think this is all Steve Allison needed to say. This is where he, uh, that's his name, Steve Allison? Yes. What, whatever. Okay. This is all he had to say. And and look, hindsight is, is twenty twenty, And I don't know if I would have been able to be on the spot and, and do a better job. In fact, I'm sure I wouldn't have been. But all I don't would think have had you would say, have said I'm against all sexual content. <laughs> no, I most certainly would not have. But um, I, in in that line of questioning, I, if you would have said, so you're saying you're in favor of this, and I'll, I would be like, well, what context are we talking about? Because if we're saying the context is, do I want sexual content of that type in the Epic store? I think Epic's policy is probably no, they don't. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's a very different thing for Epic to say, well, we're imposing our rules on any of these other storefronts, right? Like, yeah. I, I think that all he had to say is, look, there's a big distinction between what our term, I mean, he said this a little bit, but he didn't make it clear. There's a big uh, distinction between our terms of service and what we deem as appropriate content versus what, you know, a launcher um, and what their secondary ecosystem that requires a separate account and separate, you know, separate credentials is a separate mm-hmm. um, storefront is a separate system 
does in theirs, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think that that's all he really had to say. I mean, because it's it's one of those things where it's like, look, Epic isn't saying we are going to distribute the same games that Itch does. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't have to come out and be like, we love porn to no, make this okay. Just, it's a simple, it's a very simple technical issue that was, it exactly. seemed like was completely lost on everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, and, and, that, and that was Apple's goal, I think. Exactly, yeah. Uh, one brief final note for this. Uh, Itch is having a game jam, which they're calling the Unspeakable oh, Jam. Yes. Because oh, Itch's response <laughs> games is great. are unspeakable content. Um, uh, that's happening in June for Pride Month. And apparently all entries must follow Apple executive Tristan yes. Husminga's instruction that on what a game is. games have a beginning and end. There's challenges in place. So that is the definition of a game. In case you're wondering, after all these years, are we finally done asking, is this a game? Is this not a game? Now we know what a game is, thanks to Apple. Um, but, and, but, but, uh, but Roblox, Roblox is not a game. Yeah, it, it doesn't have a beginning or an end, and there's no challenges in place. I guess uh, by that definition, until Minecraft added the end, it wasn't a game either. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the semantics of this are just so frustrating to me on so many levels on both sides that it's just, it's really, it's taking everything from, uh, do you remember, I mean, you were very, very young, but do you remember when Bill Clinton's uh, impeachment trial, do you remember reading about this uh, in school? I, I remember it as a concept, but okay. I don't remember well, details. Well, one of the most famous things is he was questioned about, and you're probably gonna have to believe something here. He was questioned about certain activity. He was he was asked, "Did you have sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky?" And he said, "Well, it depends oh. on what your version, uh, what your definition of the word is is." And he got into like a semantical debate over the word "is," and not for nothing. Again, Bill Clinton, really good lawyer. Not a completely wrong thing to even go down, but it became kind of a famous meme. It's like it depends on what the definition of is is. And that's sort of the how I feel about the the definition of gaming is just like hilarious that we're that we're now at this point in this lawsuit between companies that frankly, like the only winner is us for the gossip. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I don't really care one way or another about who like wins otherwise. It's just I'm here. Yeah. I'm team gossip. I'm absolutely with you on this. Hey now, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Supercharge your team with the power of Text Expander. Your team can do more with the same resources. That means less repetition, fewer errors, and greater consistency. So your team will feel like they've hopped off a bicycle and into a Ferrari. <gasps> oh, if Bree were here, I'd have to change this to Porsche. Or else she would drive down to New York and just, she'd put me in a car and drive me around until I got sick. Um, With Text Expander, you can keep your team consistent, accurate, and current by sharing your text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track, which will make sure that everyone shares the same message and gives the same answers to all customer questions. Consistency is key. Help your team work faster and smarter by using Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything everyone types, just like the fast car brand of your choice, listener. Text Expander's powerful snippets save you time so that all you type is a short abbreviation, and Text Expander does the rest of the typing for you. Keep your whole team communicating efficiently and with consistent language. Share your snippets of messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. Uh, Christina, do you do you happen to have any baby-related text expander uh, snippets in place right now? Or I mean, I know you use them all the time for work and for your coding and for your live demonstrations on stage in front of all kinds of people. Uh, but, I do. Yeah. I don't have any baby ones, but now I should actually. Here's here's where this would be problematic, and this is why actually Text Expander would be good. So the baby and I have almost the exact same name. Oh. It's, it's a reversal of yes. two letters. So my name is Christina Eason Warren. His name is Christian Eason Warren. So our, the last two letters of our first name are reversed, and that's the only difference. So if I had like part of me would like to have like an autofill thing. But if I do it CEW, then that's my initials. So I might be able to do something like um, BCW for like baby CW. 
Oh, and that yeah. could be a thing that they could fill in his name when I need to fill things out as I'm registering um, him. And for that's great. Lots I think especially stuff. that does actually that totally could apply to the workplace too, because there's all kinds of situations I can think of where somebody has a name that's really similar to someone else, especially if they're a client, and you don't want to mix those things up. You want things to be spelled correctly. Um, that's always my my point of paranoia when I'm about to send an email always double checking the hello blank name um although people get my name wrong all the time so maybe i should stop being such a no because you're better than them that's the thing and you can be better than those people too by using text expander oh well thank you for that text expander is available on mac windows chrome iphone and ipad and rocket listeners get 20 percent off their first year just go to textexpander.com slash podcast now that is textexpander.com slash podcast and name rocket to get 20 percent off Thanks to Text Expander from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. Well, second topic of the day our global chip shortage continues. It's not just that you, listener, can't buy one for your gaming PC. It's not just that Apple is staggering its iPhone releases or that LG and Samsung are both telling investors the shortage will affect phones. Um, it's also affecting now everything else that might have a, a low margin processor, such as uh, washing machines that use a processor to weigh clothes or smart toasters, uh, dog washing booths. I'm hearing from these stories, uh, but I think the automotive industry in particular is the one that is shocking me the most right now. So according to CNBC, companies like Ford, Volkswagen and Jaguar They have uh, laid off people. They've shut down factories. They are lowering their projections for vehicle production. It is a really, really, really bad time to buy a car. And companies like Nissan and Dodge are actually leaving things out of cars that they're producing uh, that might require chips. So Nissan, according to, I believe, this Bloomberg story, uh, is reportedly leaving navigation systems out of cars that would normally have them, while Ram Trucks has stopped equipping its 1500 pickups with a standard, quote-unquote, intelligent rearview mirror that monitors for blind spots. Um, obviously, those aren't, like, things that you necessarily desperately need in a car, but it is very, very striking that huge, huge automotive manufacturers are having to be like, well, it's either this, take the stuff out, that people might expect in a modern car now, or just stop making cars for a little bit and shut down factories. Um, Also of interest to probably all of you, if you have uh, thought about buying a PS5 anytime soon, don't expect that to get any easier. Sony also told analysts that it uh, is a having trouble keeping up with demand and that they are expecting shortages in semiconductors to affect that through probably next year. Uh, They have not given an official estimate for when they expect supplies to be normal again, but the other uh, reporting that I've read on this about, like, the cars and stuff says mid-2022, maybe, (laughs) maybe things will get better. Um, And Nintendo has also told uh, its investors that component shortages could affect production of Nintendo Switches. So every, everyone is feeling it now, and I think we're all going to feel it both through shortages, through changes to products like we're seeing with the cars, or through price prices rising because um, the people who can get them can charge a lot for them and are paying a lot for them probably. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this also this like doubly weird aspect, I guess, in addition to everything that you mentioned where – and it's even like at this point, it's even impacting like the really low – power chips and like the I mean smart toasters a do you need a smart toaster no but the fact that we've put microchips in absolutely everything that it's you know every cars- ces every ces where we talk about smart objects and then we're like yes. why is this happening we're about to learn about every single item that we didn't think had a chip in it that does have a chip in it we're about to find out that the chip is there <laughs> No, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's really interesting because what car makers are having to do now um, is they're having to like send cars out off the line without features, you know, without like navigation features, without built-in nav, without, you know, some of the other AI features, uh, you know, for, um, I guess, how they would maybe do braking or, or reverse cam, not braking, but like, you know, um, some of their rear cameras and things like that. Like there's just stuff that you wouldn't think about that might be impacted that are impacted this way. 
And it's interesting to see that car makers are having to cut off some of these features these, that I assume are probably a high margin, um, um, big upsells and things they like to sell. They're having to just put the cars mm-hmm. out without them because they need to get them off the line and they can't do it otherwise. I mean, it's a real problem. Uh, the Reuters reported this morning that the um, uh, the U.S. Commerce chief is is planning a meeting um, on um, chip shortages. This is according to, to various um, sources, uh, reading from Reuters now. Uh, U.S. Commerce Secretary Gino um, Raimondo plans to hold a May 20th meeting with senior U.S. auto industry leaders and others on a semiconductor shortage that has cut production, two sources briefed on the matter said. And the meeting will include General Motors, Ford, and um, Stellantis. So this is you know, it was last week she she told MSNBC that we need to get back into the business of making more chips in America and that the supply uh, chain issues are real. And what's interesting about this is now this is in addition to just impa- impacting these things we wouldn't think about, it is creating this weird sovereign relationship too, where, you know, because most of our chips have been outsourced to Asia, you know how some of these Asian countries that are starting to hoard these chips, even the ones they might not even have a use for, which is uh, creating, you know, it, it's like adding on to the um, problems. So, you know, Europe has historically only had a, a small amount of, of ship production. They're now having to look at how they can be uh, more sovereign with with the chip production and make their own chips. Obviously, the United States is looking to ramp things up. TSMC, uh, Taiwanese semiconductor, who's like the largest chip maker in the world, they're talking about building more fabs in more places so that they can have, I guess, a little more cover for these sorts of things. And that's great, but it takes a number of years to build a fab. They can't just do it overnight. Uh, we've talked before about how, in addition to the demand things, you know, the droughts in Taiwan have not been kind to all of this stuff either. So it's just, it's really, really interesting to see how all of this is um, coming to a head. I mean, like um, last week, Samsung said that the shortage was hitting its television and its appliance production. And, uh, you know, so when it, when it starts to impact all of these areas, I mean, PS5 and and the switch and stuff like that, that's one thing. And we can be mad about that, but when it's everything that we use, has a microchip and you can't get them. I mean, go back to making know. manual cars. <laughs> I'm begging you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, not that that's the only chip that people would use in a car. Uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. I think that the factory issue is interesting to me because I feel like, oh, setting aside the environmental concerns that I have in the long term, bringing more chip manufacturing to the United States doesn't sound bad obviously as you pointed out that's not something where like we're gonna spin up hundreds of thousands of jobs overnight um it would take years however i mean that's what are that's not a terrible thing in the long run right no i don't think it is i mean like you know the the eu wants to double its shipmaking capacity uh, by 2030 they've said um and uh, which would take them to like 20 percent of the global market i think it's a good thing i mean i think Uh, even if this is kind of a once in a lifetime or once in a generational thing that happens, having your risk more distributed, I think is a good thing Mm -hmm. and um, is good all around. I mean, this has been historically, you know, like Texas Instruments and Intel and, and we, you know, the U S used to make uh, Motorola, you know, used to be like a big ship making place. And then we kind of outsourced it and that's all well and good for globalization and for lots of other things. But this is what happens when, it's all in one place. And and when you have these shortages and then you have these weather problems on top of everything else, then I don't think it's a bad thing to open this up more places. And and I also feel like even though this demand level might not sustain not might not be sustained, mm-hmm. you know, uh having your risk less concentrated in one area is a good thing. And I also think yes. honestly, it's probably a good thing for again, like to go to the sovereign the sovereignty point. Because there is something not great about having, and I would say this if the, the case was that 80% of microprocessors were made in the United States, I would say that was, is equally a problem. You know, I don't think it's good when you have certain countries that are in control of these things that are crucial to the entire world functioning. Yeah. I, I just don't think it's a good thing. So I'm glad to see that that might be one of the side effects. Yeah, let's have a that, little wake up call here. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I definitely I don't foresee a, a future anytime soon where 
a different, better technology to replace this will will occur. I'm certainly it'll happen someday, but for now, it seems like this is what we're working with. So it it does totally make sense to me that we would want to have more manufacturing of silicon chips over here and in Europe, certainly. Um, so yeah, let's distribute that weight a little more evenly around the world. Um, however, yeah, for the future, if you want a smart Sorry toaster, about- good friggin' luck. Yeah, also, like, sorry about PS5. Like, that's, uh, you know, and you know Sony has to kind of hate this. Like, on the one hand, it seems like they're kind of bragging. They're like, yeah, shortages are going to exist into 2022. But at the same time, like, they have to hate this because this oh, really yeah. kind of It's going to make them their back and- sales productions go down eventually. Totally. And, and also, I mean, I think because we're a consumer show, I mean, it just, even though we can like intellectually understand why these things are the way that they are, people are just unhappy because you can't buy anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like I, there's a TV that I want that I can't get because it's constantly out of stock. And there are, you know, people are, are graphics cards, you know, uh, are a nightmare. And NVIDIA and AMD both keep releasing new ones. And it's like, why? No one can buy the existing ones. And, you know, people are still trying to get game consoles. I was, uh, even, even the Xbox, which is not as in demand as the PS5, but it still definitely is in demand. Uh, two weeks ago, I was able to get my friend Tim a Series X for his son um, for his birthday. And and he'd been looking for since, you know, November. He'd been trying mm-hmm. to kind of, he was like, I still can't get one. I don't think he'd wanted to buy one on launch date, but he was thinking, okay, well, sur- surely by May, I'll be able to get my son an Xbox. And no, and I was able to see a deal on Costco and get a bundle and um, get it for him. And I was really glad to do that. But like, if I didn't think I would still be following all these accounts. You thought you'd be tracking free stock. <laughs> from us free loaders. I was like, I, exactly. I was, I was like, I'm, I, I'm done. I'm out of the game. I'm like, no, I'm still trying to find consoles and stuff for people. I'm obviously not doing it as much as I was before. But yeah, I mean, it's hard. Uh, it, and it's, it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's really surprising. About- and I feel like as much as theoretically demand for the PS5 and Xbox will calm down over the next few years, car manufacturing... Oh, oh boy, that's a big one. That's mm-hmm. certainly a more mainstream uh, sector than than consoles um, and phones and as well. More I important. think. Oh yeah, no phones. I mean, that's gonna be the really interesting thing. Um, you know, LG got out of the smartphone business, and I think they did it for a lot of reasons. But I would be curious. I guess we'll never know. But I'd be curious if somebody was able to find out reporting and find out if the chip shortage maybe hastened that. Like yeah. at a certain point. At a certain point, you have to call it, and I think they probably just looked at it and like, we're going to call it. But I imagine that it was made easier maybe to make that decision when you're going. You're looking at the next five years of chip shortages and going, how much am I willing to put up with? Or even the next 12 months, and you're going, okay, we have to compete against not just Samsung and not just you know, um, Huawei, but we have to also compete against Apple and all these other places for fab time. Because the problem is, is that people buy the time in advance. And Mm -hmm. some of these chips are used by multiple people. So sometimes, you know, somebody else will come and go, okay, we want this more, we'll pay more for it. And, you know, you'll lose it or whatever. But sometimes it's like it's booking the the manufacturing time in advance. And Apple historically has done really well with that and that they just book a lot of the time. I do feel like that's probably they're going to hit a wall of that at some point, you know, yeah. where they're going to they're going to come up against that. I still feel like they're probably going to do better than some other companies, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to be impacted by this at all. And if you're someone like LG who you're already way low volume meaning that you're not wanting to pay, you know, out the wazoo and you're not as important of a customer mm-hmm. as some of the other people are, if you've already were considering getting rid of your phone business, I imagine that you would think, okay, might as well do it now because the market is at an all-time high in terms of pricing. Shortages are uh, way, yeah. you know, crazy. Do we really want to be involved in this money-losing business that is now going to lose us even more money and yield us less stuff? Or should we just focus on the stuff we, sh- we you know, are better at? Yeah, so, that totally makes sense. It made me also think about the uh, – so I think it was the Bloomberg article or the CNBC article mentioned staggering phone releases. And that made me think about the new purple iPhone 11 that was announced. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that is – we were like kind of surprised to see like, oh, a new phone color being revealed in spring of all times. Um, do you think that that is part of, I guess, Apple's maneuvers to kind of 
stagger phone updates, like to have something if something's going to be potentially delayed in the fall because of chip shortages or were they just trying to have fun? I mean, possibly. I don't know. I mean, it could be related, but in the past they have done this sort of thing where they've released, like they used to do the Project Red colors in the spring. Now the Project Red, I think they brought that out in the fall. So it could be a matter of, I mean, I don't know, kind of the way I was looking at it was thinking, well, and this is another thing we found out from like the Epic, you know, trial of how, because mm-hmm. we haven't found out for a while now how many phones they've sold because they stopped releasing those numbers is we got some more details on uh, what their actual, you know, numbers of shipments are. And, and they're selling tons and tons and tons of phones. But it, I would be interested to know if their sales were softer maybe than, than expected. And if you've got mm. this kind of surplus of chips, might as well use them and make another fun color. Um, but to that point, if they have to stagger or maybe do smaller releases or do other things in the fall, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe they, I'm not sure what they're going to do. It could be like, hey, we we did bring out the last phone in a, in a fun color. Apple, I don't know. we've got questions. Get in touch. Uh, <laughs> this episode of Rocket is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Well, now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. And DoorDash connects you with the restaurants that you love right now and right to your door. And you can get grocery essentials with DoorDash too, just like I said. Get drinks, get snacks, get other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your neighborhood go-tos. Or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory which we discussed on our bonus episode. But enough about that. We'll talk about that later. Um, the, The essentials thing... So important because I feel like it's every other day that I'm walking into my bathroom and being like, oh, dear, I'm mm-hmm. out of toothpaste. I'm out of deodorant. I'm out of cotton face wipes. I'm out of, Lord forbid, my feminine hygiene products. Yeah. Dun, dun, we, dun. We actually used this. I'm not even joking. This like is a legitimate thing that I used uh, two nights ago with my sister who just had a baby and she had a C-section and she's at my parents' house and she doesn't have all of her normal things. And actually both uh, Saturday and Sunday, we used DoorDash to deliver us stuff from like essentials. Like in one case, it was some like magnesium sort of stuff so that um, that would help her um, digestively. And then there was like some sort of face stuff that we needed. And it was amazing because she can't drive. I don't have a driver's license. We didn't want to go out. We've got a little baby that we're looking after. Yeah. The best. You got to do it. Hey now, for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code ROCKET2021. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code ROCKET2021. Don't forget, that's code ROCKET2021. That's the year we're in for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of this show and Relay FM. da na 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 I'm in a musical mood. No one is surprised by this. Da-na-na-na. Ah, I was going to watch the Eurovision movie on Sunday with my pals. They hadn't seen it. I have. It's a great movie. But it is a great movie. We had to reschedule because of scheduling conflicts. Aw. Boo. Anyway, hey now, we've got a double dessert for you, and it is very exciting. Uh, first, let me say, there's a trailer out today for the sequel to Venom. Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Um, I What I like about this, so I, I was kind of lukewarm on Venom when I saw it. For some reason, and I need to unpack this, <laughs> in the year, year and a half since that came out, I haven't rewatched it. I have done nothing involving Venom. However, my feelings toward it have grown only warmer over time. I do not know why. So I was super excited to see this trailer. 
and see them leaning into the parts of the first film that were very funny and weird and gross, which is which is what made that film stand out. Like um, Eddie yes. eating raw lobsters out of the the tank at the restaurant and just all the the Tom Hardy chaos that he put in that film. The sequel looks like it's it's taking that and saying this did great. Let's do more of that part, uh, which is really fun. Yeah, I totally agree. I, um, I, you know, I, I didn't hate like Venom, but it didn't do anything for me. But I think like you, if I had to, if I have to be honest and think about it, I'm probably like, yeah, you know what? I think that I like this more than I initially did. But I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, you know what? Actually, this is leaning in like it, 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 the trailer, even though it's a Sony film, was very much like the Deadpool trailers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I have that same sort of like. Uh, irreverence and yeah. is leaning into, like you said, kind of the grossness and whatnot. And I like that. That's the sort of thing that I like from from this sort of stuff. Um, and I, I was happy to see more of that, right? Yeah, it opens with this like great scene of uh, Eddie kind of failing to cook breakfast as Venom, yes. the symbiote who lives in him, chaotically and destructively makes eggs. <laughs> and yes. it's just like, oh, I, this is... This is what I actually want from this film, which is what is the domestic life like of a man who has this like chaotic, ever hungry, murderous force inside him who is also like very funny. Uh, what's that yes. like? I want to see the chaos that that brings to his every day. And um, the trailer, at least, delivered that. Don't know if the actual film will follow through. I hope it will. Um, as I said before, I guess I thought the first one was fun and fine. <laughs> That's apparently how I feel about it right now. Um, somebody's probably going back through the Rocket Archives to find out whatever the heck I said about it when it first came out. I don't remember. Um, and I'm probably contradicting myself. But hey, that's the human condition. It is. No, I was into it. I was like into the uh, the, the trailer, at least. I was like, I was kind of surprised. I was like, yeah, okay, good. I'm, I'm glad they went more in this um, direction. I'm I'm into this. So, I mean, I'm not, again, like if this is in theaters by the time we can go into theaters, I don't know if this is a movie that I will actively choose to well, see in the theater. TBF, we can go in theaters right now. Okay, yeah, we can, but like there's, you know what I mean? Like I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you, boo. I don't know if this is if this is going to be like a big theatrical release. I guess this is my point. Like, yes, we can be in theaters now, but I, I guess I, I don't know like oh, if they're yeah. going to like try to burn this off or not. And in which case, typically this is probably not be a movie. Actually, okay, I completely take back everything I was going to say. <laughs> typically back, this Christina. is not yeah. Typically this is not a movie that I would see in the theater. I would be like, whatever, I'll wait for it to come on Netflix or HBO or whatever. However, I am so missing the movie theater that yeah, okay, I would uh-huh. I mean I saw Mortal Kombat on HBO Max and it was great. I mean it's terrible, but it was great. I would actually love to see Mortal Kombat in, on the big screen. And I will see this on the big screen. Like I will. I would just be like Screw it, because I, I miss the movie theater experience so much. Yep. Uh, well, our second piece of dessert today is one that is sure to make uh, everyone, everyone, I'll generalize, everyone nostalgic. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck and Je- Jennifer, <laughs> J-Lo, Jennifer Lo- Lopez went on vacation together, baby. Oh, Jennifer is back. Jennifer is back. I'm so excited. I'm Jennifer so excited. and low-rise jeans are back, as Rachel Simon pointed out on Twitter. Not happy about the second thing, but hey, as as established on this show, we love gossip. We are we thrilled do. to hear about the first item. We love this for us. <laughs> I love this for us so much. I have to say, I've been kind of wanting this to happen since J Lo and A. Okay, first of all, how were you upset about A Rod and J Lo? Because when it, they when it was first announced, and then they tried to reconcile, and then it you know, happened again. But when it was first announced, before we found out that he was maybe sexting with the um, you know um, Southern Charm star, and we all got very mad at him, <sighs> I was like very upset because I've loved their relationship. Like they're they've been one of the few celebrity couples that I've just really really liked. So I was like heartbroken i was How, what not were your feelings? heartbroken about the relationship i had no investment in that however i was offended on a deep visceral level that he would like that, yes. that you would cheat on yes. jennifer lopez what? i agree right like jennifer deserves better who does ultimately this? where i come down exactly ultimately where i come down on all of this is i just want j-lo to be happy mm-hmm like that's my yeah, fundamental thing. Totally agree. Now, if she now, wants you were to like, have a fling, 
on a on a vacation with her ex of 12 years ago i don't know Seven, how long 17, ago it was 17 17 years 17 ago, years oh that makes it even it's almost oh oh my god it's so good <laughs> It is. It honestly is. And like they loved each other. So you were in middle school when Benifer was like crazy. So I don't know how much of this you remember, if any of it. Tell me. Do, uh, do you remember much? No. <laughs> okay. So it was bananas. Like, no, like it was one of the, I mean, I'm not being hyperbolic and I'm not, I, they would both say, they would both agree this. In fact, I think that she has admitted as much in interviews. I think they both have like the press completely broke them up. The publicity oh. broke them up because they were overexposed and it wasn't their fault. Like this wasn't one of those things like where, because this was before celebrities were calling the paparazzi all the time. I mean, like I'm sure they did that a little bit, but in their case, I don't think that was the case, but like they were, you know, they loved each other. They were public and they were, they were photographed the all the time. Of relationships. 100%. And it, it coincided with that whole Britney Spears era. Like it happened yeah. at the same time. To, they were engaged 2002 to 2004 and, um, you know, it, it, uh, like it kind of superseded everything. They were in two movies together, Jersey girl where Jennifer Lopez has a very small part at the beginning and Geely, which was a huge bomb. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people blamed also the demise of the relationship on the film failing and whatnot, because it was just this very big overexposed thing, but it was a lot. And, and I think that neither of them, you know, kind of like could do it. She's called him her first great heartbreak. She wrote a song about him, dear Ben, um, he's always been very nice uh, about her in past things. So I don't know if this is like a rebound thing. I don't know if, you know, he's also like, he was in that relationship with them. And, um, uh, Anna Damos, De Armas. Uh, that is De Armas. over, I believe. Yeah, that is over. That's, for been, like a that's month. been over for a while. Yeah. But they were together for like a year. And so that's been over for a while. Um, you know, she's, rebounding so i don't know like maybe i don't know if this is a rebound like because sometimes you do that like you are with somebody else for a while and then you're like yeah let's try this guy that i used to date used to be in love with or whatever mm -hmm. and i've done that before so maybe it's just a good old-fashioned rebound in which case i applaud them maybe they're gonna try to do something else in which case i applaud them but either way we are part of the problem for bringing I, I, attention I, to their relationship that was broken up because of publicity oh we completely are part of the problem but also i just want her to be happy and i will say this um and i encourage every listener to go back and watch the quintessential jennifer lopez music video the best j-lo music video of all time which of course is jenny from the block because he is featured prominently oh. in the music video he is he is featured prominently in it and in fact like also the paparazzi is featured prominently in it and how they capture you know the two of them together and what uh they're doing and how you know the the cameras are always on them and whatnot there's also this scene and it's just this great thing where they're like on this yacht or whatever this boat mm -hmm. and she's sunbathing or whatever and he like leans down and he like bites her butt <gasps> and it's just like awesome and it but you know it's just kind of this candid like great I moment guess. like i don't know no, but it's great, you know, because like the rumor was that her 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 butt was insured for ten million dollars, and she's like, it wasn't, it it wasn't, but like that was the rumor because you know she has such a fantastic butt, and 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 back then like she was like that was like the thing like everybody loved like her booty, and the music video is just fantastic. I'm gonna uh, find the link so we can put it in the show Please notes. Please do. But, uh, it's and you should definitely watch it after we finish talking. But it was great uh, music video. I loved them together, and. My 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 friend group chats. My sister and I are both here for it. You seem like you're at least excited. I'm here for uh, it. You're here for it. Some of my other group chats. Um, <gasps> I know I'm I'm having like four different conversations about this. This is how sad my life is. Some of my other group chats are like very conflicted, but I just want good things for for J Lo. And frankly, I think all of us are nostalgic about Benifer because we wish we could go back to like when that was the <laughs> the thing that we all were overexposed about right like yeah when, like i saw geely in like the theater pre twitter but post i guess extreme exposure for celebrity relationships but not for everything else 
you know? Exactly. Exactly. Like I saw like the height of their thing, like the, their movie Geely came out and Geely is a really bad movie. And I have a t-shirt that I got from a radio station in Boston that says, oh. um, I, I saw Geely and survived because wow. they had like one of the last showings of Geely that they had, um, before like they took it out of theaters. Like they only had it in theaters for a couple of weeks because it just bombed, bombed hard. And everybody had expected it to be like this really good movie. And then they didn't have chemistry. It was a bad movie. They had chemistry. They just didn't act well together. Yeah. Um, uh, it was just, yeah, it was a whole lot. Like, it's just, it, it's such a peak early 2000s thing. And like Rachel um, Siamese said, you know, low rise jeans are back. Like, Benefer is back. Like, the early 2000s are back. Um, and I would very much like to go back to the early 2000s. So, yeah. Let's do it. Hey, Let's now, it. this episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Clockwise, our sibling podcast on Relay FM. You know if you like this show, you'll definitely like Clockwise. Uh, It is a 30-minute show. You are all busy people. I know I'm a busy person. You don't always have time to catch up on everything that happens in tech each week. Clockwise covers four topics in 30 minutes. And they uh, every host asks a specific question about each topic. They have a delicious focused, speedy conversation about it. Uh, And that comes out every Wednesday, hosted by Dan Morin and Micah Sargent, and they welcome two special guests from a diverse pool of tech pundits, writers, podcasters, developers, and more to talk about tech. Uh, Whether that's what's going on that week or timeless tech questions, it's never the same show twice. I've had a lot of fun both times I was on Clockwise. Um, They let you get a bit silly, but there's also always a lot of expertise Uh, And they talk about, you know, what's going on and what you need to know about it. So uh, go check that show out. They actually live stream every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. So you can check that out or subscribe and never miss an episode. To do any of those things, go to relay.fm slash clockwise or search for clockwise wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much, guys, for, you know, being here on this episode (laughs) in spirit. Indeed. Thank you. Clockwise is a great show. We love it. So check it out for sure because it's a really fun time. Christina, what are you doing this week? So I am going to continue to be in Babyland. And um, and uh, did you know that uh, Babyland General is uh, the name of the hospital where the Cabbage Patches are from? I did not. That's ridiculous. And did you, and did you know that Babyland General is in Cleveland, Georgia? What? Um, and that's yeah, and that that is that is the that is the birthplace of the Cabbage Patch Kids is is Cleveland, Georgia. I did not know that at all. Yep, and they actually do have like still a, a hospital that you can go to to visit to see where Cabbage Patches are made. Yeah, oh, no. so um, it's pretty great. Um, and uh, my sister actually has an original Cabbage Patch, like one that was completely handmade. Wow. Anyway, that, that's that's a whole side tangent, but. Um, I'm, I'm in Babyland, but with an actual baby and not a Cabbage Patch doll, although I do look forward to buying him a Cabbage Patch doll, um, in a few years, actually, I'm going to be now very excited about that. But, um, I, uh, I'm with my parents and my sister in Atlanta. Yay. Double, we're all double vaxxed. And so I'm able to be here with them and, um, welcome this, uh, this little man to the world. And of course he is being, informed about good music and uh, good culture and podcasting. So that's what I'm doing this week. And then I'm flying back on Saturday and then um, I'll be back to, you know, normal Christina stuff. But I'm I'm in full on like anti Nina mode, like hardcore Aww. this week. Yay. That sounds fun and stressful, but also fun. It's a little stressful, but it's At mostly fun. Yeah, I'm valuable. It sounds valuable. It's been nice to be here for my sister. You know, like she, she's yeah. – They've needed help. I didn't know if I was going to be any use to anyone when I got here, to be honest. And I was kind of worried. I was like, am I just going to kind of be in the way? No, they've definitely been able to um, use uh, me. So that's been nice. Uh, I, this week, I'm just doing my usual thing. I had a video come out last Thursday about Neopets and the black market pet drama. Um, But I kind of feel like waiting to talk about that till Bree is back on the show. And I'm really okay. tired and I want to make dinner and it's 10 p.m. <laughs> right. It is 10 p.m. Oh, so, but you should go check that video out. It's at youtube.com slash polygon. Uh, if you don't know anything about Neopets, don't worry. I teach you a little bit about it, what it is, what people do there. Um, and then we dig into the juicy, juicy details. It's basically a scam town. If you've enjoyed our scam town segments, 
there's a bit of that in this video, um, except my face is there instead of just my voice. So it's like double good. Um, hey, Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. It's also where you can find some photos of my nephew who is very photogenic despite being so young. And you can <laughs> find my videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. Also, Microsoft Build is going to be the week after next, May 25th through the 27th. Ooh. And so it's free. Register at mybuild.microsoft.com if you want to join us. It'll be a great time. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me online. Awesome. You can find me at twitter.com slash doomquasar and at youtube.com slash polygon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that's something that we love and that helps other people find the show. Thanks for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.